so I'm listening to a podcast right now called The Date with Dateline. Mm-hmm. That's two chicks who watch Dateline and then talk about it. And just, like, share their blissfully uninformed opinions. So it's, like, us, but also add in Dateline and crime. That's a much better concept. Oh, yeah, way better than ours. (laughs) (laughs) Ours is a little... (laughs) But I started, like, I heard a couple, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like them. And then I went back to the beginning, and I'm listening to them forward. But they do the clap thing, and it's always like, clap, clap. Uh, Like, (laughs) clap, 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 clap. And I'm like, that made me think of that. Good story. One girl is from Visalia. Better story. And she talks about Visalia. She talks about going to Gottschalk's with her mom to buy clothes. Uh, R.I.P. Gottschalk's. And then where else did she... Th- it, was a total, it was a total Visalia thing. Oh, she lived in the lakes. Mm-hmm. So she was rich. Mm-hmm. Remember the lakes? No. Oh, it was a gated community. Like before everything was a gated community. Oh. Wow. Well... May we strive to be like those two ladies. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're making fun of me right now, but that's cool, whatever. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about... Uh, are we going to talk about the thing I mentioned before? Sure, let's talk about whatever. First, let's say... Hi. Welcome. Hi. This is Dead Folks. I'm Brooke Aiello. And I'm Haley White, and we've been gone a while. Long while. You all know probably why there was a pandemic that happened, and a lot of people think it's over, but it's still happening. It's super not. People still dying. Lots of them die dying. Yeah, but... Someone's uh, grandfather, one of my classes, just died. Oh, Jesus. Like, everyone's dying. Um, We are still not at CMAC in our podcast studio, but we are recording on our phones. We just figured it was time to to check in and try to come back, and we've... Obviously, I think everybody in the world has lots of griefs happening. Yeah. One right on top of the other, which is, it's a lot. And I know if it's a lot for me, it's probably a lot for a lot more of you. So, um. Yeah. 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 Also, just in case anyone's listening to this and Haley doesn't cut it out, I need you to know this is the second time we are recording our Return to Recording podcast. So Why are you going to out me like because that? Because it's ridiculous that you do that. We could have just used this as like a second back, but you did this thing instead. Anyways, I love you so much. Since Brooke brings it up, I just want to clarify that the last time we got together, we hadn't seen each other in a while, and we just went on rants about how much we hate white men and capitalism well we do which i mean i guess that's grief connected 100 percent. are you kidding me the majority of my grief comes from fucking capitalism and the stuff that doesn't come from capitalism comes from fucking the patriarchy not fucking the patriarchy i haven't fucked anyone here's the pandemic (laughs) but the patriarchy well, maybe I'll add it as a part two of this episode I'll part or two you into next year if you're not careful. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Please do. I welcome it. <laughs> right? You're like, I, I should be so lucky. Yeah. Just kidding. I, you know, everybody who's like, oh, let's get to 2021. Like, I'm sorry. The world is dying. Capitalism is dividing us. Like, it's not going to get better. This is our introduction into <clears throat> the future. Yeah, no, it's rough right now. It's rough, and that roughness produces a hell of a lot of grief. 
which gives us longevity. I guess. <laughs> a, a lot of really deep, abiding, thorny, difficult grief. But if Haley will allow, I'd like to discuss a grief that is in no way bad. You may proceed. Thank you all. I grieve shopping. Listen, if I was a Marxist, anarchist, revolutionist at the turn of the last century, they would kick me out because of my love of stuff. And I would say, Emma, no, I love you. And I'd like grasp her bosom and lay my head upon it. And I'd whisper in her ear, if you won't let me dance, I don't want to be in your revolution. And she would push me from her and say, capitalist whore, get you to the street. And I would, and then I would go thrift shopping to make myself feel better. Cause it's my favorite way to make me feel better. Even more than food, even more than alcohol. Even more than kittens, although oh, kittens, Ooh. is I love shopping, specifically thrift shopping, but shopping in general. And it's been ruined now. So you're not talking about just not going. You've tried to go to a couple thrift stores and you've just... The it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, so you know in that play, Tennessee Williams wrote it. It's about uh, Gay Brick. Brick is his name? Yes, you were talking about Cat on a Hot Tin Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He talks about drinking. On a hot, what was that? Hot Tin Roof. What did it sound like I said? Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> I drink a beer. He talks about drinking until there's like that click. Mm-hmm. And I used to be really freaked out when I would be in a thrift store and I would be shopping until I felt that click. And I would feel it. Like I could feel my shoulders relax. I could feel some of the weight shift off of me but um i can't get it now there's no i've tried it's just stressful yeah i've gone into a couple thrift stores i've made some purchases but it hasn't been fun and they haven't been good stuff hasn't been good either and then you know i went to michael's today for labels because i'm reorganizing my life and um and i want to label it once it's reorganized so i don't forget <laughs> good ideas <laughs> bad ideas <laughs> You know. Yeah, I get it. And um, it was like, you know how the smell of death is both sweet and gross? That is so oddly, weirdly a specific thing. But do you I know do. what I'm talking about? I unfortunately know exactly what you're talking about. It's like slightly sickly sweet, It's in, but it's gross. Um, that's what shopping is like. It feels like... like carrion bird picking at the remnants of capitalism yeah to me it's it's very anxiety inducing oh my gosh nobody stays away from you people are all up in your craw yeah i um i've been very good about like only shopping online if i have to but like really not shopping as much anymore Uh, my bank account appreciates it um but i did I went today to get some pants because I've gained a bunch of weight since the pandemic hit, which is also grief related, right? And I finally get, I've just been like, you'll lose it, you'll lose it, you don't, and like squeezing myself into my jeans. Um, And I had a bit of a freak out this morning because I had to go to work and put on like real pants and nothing fit and I was, you know, was miserable. Um, 
and got, I feel like the whitest white girl in the world talking about this is our first major grief. But in any case, going shopping was, I just, I was like trying to shallow breathe the whole time. I was only trying to touch the things like, it was trying to minimize what I was grabbing. Like I, the people in line, like you said, like no one respects even with the things on the floor, oh, no. and I could feel, like, it felt like people behind me were mad that I was trying to actually keep the distance in front of me. Oh, and yeah. It was... Like, somehow being closer means you check out faster. I yeah, it's like there's still it. the same amount of people in front of you. Yeah. Um, it was very stressful, and I will not be going again for... I've got my new pants, and uh, until the next time I go a size up, I won't be doing that. Again. I have also been online shopping, but it doesn't have the same click. That the, I can understand that. The thrift sure. shopping used to offer me. So now I'm going to have to actually process my feelings and deal <laughs> with them, which is the actual worst. And Haley, you said it, and I want to say, too, I am 100% aware of the privilege from which I'm speaking right now. It's a privilege to still be employed. It's a privilege to live in a country where we still, for the time being have a postal service it's a privilege to have a vehicle that can drive to one of these stores it's a privilege to be able to choose to go into the stores versus working there and needing to go there for your livelihood i just want to acknowledge i am very aware of my privilege and i'm not trying to um downplay or minimize it or and if you want to still yell at me i will accept it (laughs) um humbly um on the other hand in adi- and in addition to that you miss shopping i miss shopping right and well and it, it's also i think it came up first because you we you had just gone like before you got here there are many other griefs we can talk about i mean and let's do that yeah the world uh, is just grief, yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah there's that is just one of many well um, we were talking about theater too which yeah. i think is something that is also well incredibly privileged and annoying to miss and grieve about. But, um, you know, Haley was saying that she's almost more excited for theater now for various reasons. And I was saying, like, I don't... I see people I love coming up with projects and doing Zoom meetings and Zoom readings and social distance readings and and all of these things. Like, I just feel like people are being so prolific. And I... I can't, I don't, I'm not even sure I think theater matters right now. Yeah. And I say that as an instructor of theater who literally just taught Shakespeare Scansion, the most theatery theater subject I think a girl can teach in the theater. Well, also like movement-based stuff too, right? Musical theater. Yeah, like emotion-based movement. Like that stuff's also pretty (laughs) hippy-dippy. And in in the moment, I care about it. Yeah. But I, I think I I grieve the clear certainty I used to have about the import, importance of theater in a society, and I'm not sure that I have that same crystal clear piercing certainty, which then makes me wonder if all of the sacrifices I have made to build my life in this art are worth it yeah and that's terrifying and when i start to think about it it freaks me out and so do you know what i do 
You go shopping. And On then the it, internet and it doesn't satisfy me. There ain't no click. There's no click. <laughs> Um, I think part of that might have to do with the fact that theater right now isn't theater. It's some it's something else, right? So um, there's a lot of community and like general everybody sort of working together to figure out some sort of substitution that I think is what I really like about it because you know, theater people, we kind of have big personalities and we can all get a little catty and petty and egotistical at times. And right now it just feels like everybody's really trying to like pull for the same united thing. And I think that's really cool. Um, Also, I just, you know, I haven't slowed down a whole lot just because that's who I am. But watching the whole industry have to sort of slow down and I'm seeing people take stock of like, where they're putting their energy into where they want to be putting their energy once it comes back if it comes back hopefully it comes back um and that is something i feel like you know with the fools collaborative i've been trying to like get people to do locally for a long time and and it hasn't been clicking and so to see it clicking now is very cool and not to you know not to crap on anybody's work but to like not have to have two shows a weekend of your friends that you need to go to every single weekend and just go 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 to like to have full weekends off i i've i've never had even as busy as i still am with work and school like weekends where i can just like binge watch tv it's amazing i'm gonna be honest i don't know that there's any going back to me for me to my previous pace yeah i don't yeah um i don't think I don't think there is any going back to that previous pace because, and then, okay, this is like a side thing, but I think in, what is that, Brave New World, they talk about how they, they can't give this certain class of people too much time off because then they riot Mm -hmm. and they don't do anything good with it. And I almost feel like this pandemic gave all of the, somebody who knows Brave New World better than me, maybe Haley could just drop the sound in here. All of the people, just you'll just do like a voiceover right there and drop it in. Yeah. <laughs> More time off. And then we looked the fuck around and we went, oh, fuck no, that's not acceptable anymore. Yeah. And, and the reckoning that we're seeing now is born out of that moment of pause i think it's it's the pause partly absolutely and i think it's also seeing the extreme situations that people will be dealing with crisis and emergency and and losing money and and being sick and all these other things and still having leadership in this country not step in and do the right thing, still having billionaires make profit and not do anything to help, still having people wanting business as usual. I think it's realizing, oh, there is there's no there's no end, there's no place where they where there's a correction. Yeah. And having the time to think about that and realize that and understand like how much of our life goes to working to make these people richer, richer and more powerful to to take advantage of us more. I think it's those two things together that and it absolutely has 
Um, there was this great article with Angela Davis, and I will try to find it and like post it when we post this, where she talks about absolutely it. It's it, the pandemic is, it's like she called it something like a perfect storm. Yeah. Like, like of all the murders that were happening happening at the same time of the pandemic that really forced the civil rights resurgence to the forefront. Yeah. And, you know, white people to finally wake the fuck up, myself included. I mean, I don't think I was as ignorant as some white folk I know, but I certainly wasn't as alive to the lived experience of black people and other people of color, indigenous peoples, in a way that I am now that that has happened because of the the current climate um yeah it, yeah also when i think this is about capitalism again but you looked at me like are you allowed to say it i did do you think that i would not I don't know you, you were it? so mad when i talked about it last time we had to record oh, a whole was, new episode that is not what happened you okay. little liar liar pants on fire Perception is different than yours, I would say, more than luck. It's just alternative facts. Sure. (laughs) I Um, was, last time we had a lot of things to say that were related to our rage, but I don't know, and maybe they were peripherally related to our grief, but they weren't, they weren't super grief related, where I think we're talking about a lot of the same things, but I'm just trying to keep it. No, no, no. It's centric. It should be, because otherwise people would, you know... Otherwise, we need to just call it, like, mad folks, or, like... Or cranky white bitches. <laughs> cranky folks. <laughs> cranky Karens. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate that name. <laughs> Although, probably, cranky behind Karens. our back, people are just going to start calling us cranky Karens. I'm sorry, but I'm, I, I embrace that about myself in an effort to start to route it out. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like saying, you have to look at your garden and be like, shit, my garden is full of fucking weeds. Not the good kind either that people like. <laughs> like the bad kind, people don't like, like crabgrass and dandelions, which I just never understood people being anti-dandelion, but they so are. <laughs> I need to pull them all out. Uh, Anyhow. Well, that was a special tangent. In Cranky Karen Town. Uh, when I think about the fact that that... Jeff Bezos. I hate him so much. He makes my blood boil. Could, without even feeling the pain of it, help so many people and just on the daily chooses not to. And we live in a system called capitalism where poor people support that. Right. Makes me want to scream like fucking Madame Lafarge in Tale of Two Cities. Like I want to bring, I want I want to bring this institution down around your ears. But then, as a child of these exact in- institutions, I I want to go thrift store shopping and I want to like like um like 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 scavenge off the bones of the wealthy. And I just am so sad to be confused all the time yeah but that is our culture in a nutshell is like we've got all these insane systems in place that ultimately hurt and very much um 
like short term immediate gratification is like all we're about. And bread uh, and circuses, baby, bread and circuses. Yeah, I mean, and um, I lost my train of thought. There, I'm sorry. But no, it's. I mean, I just I identify with what you're saying, and and I get. I get very frustrated and like I have a special a special hatred in my heart for him particularly and you know I get mad when even my most like liberal progressive friends I see shopping on Amazon regularly. She's looking me so hard in the eyes right <laughs> I, now. I had to look away. I felt it in my you soul. You looked away before I even looked up. I you couldn't, like <laughs> I couldn't take the accusation and truth in your eyes. But no, what I was going to say but it it's part part of the problem is we're we're in a system where they cater to convenience which is important and speed which is important and and they make it so people think they need them without considering because we don't we don't think of like we're such an impatient society we don't do not think about the fact that like great you all need this right now and if you let that be what you need pretty soon all these small businesses are going to be out of business and that's all there is and you think the prices are going to stay cheap and convenient do you think the two-day prime is going to last when they're the only ones left no no do you think they're going to pay a fair living wage no, no they, like, they already don't well, and, and they're still, and they, they are a part of what is able to make people blame minimum wage workers for trying to get a living wage, while these people are oh, making so more gross. money than their great-great-grandchildren could ever need, and accept that like nothing. I know. I, I, I will never, I will never understand. Blaming the poor. Blaming the poor. It's such a weird Victorian leftover. It's horrible. Where it's like, oh, well, it must be your fault if you're poor. Um, yeah. You're lazy. Or whatever weird things they choose to say. Yeah. Like, and the people that get mad, like, I don't want the person flipping my burger to make $15 an hour. Well, why the fuck not? If you say why not, they're like, oh, I only make 12 Well, you should make more, too, buddy. You should make more, too, my friend. My yeah. friend. <laughs> Comrade. <laughs> The systems of capitalism are... Uh, I, I'm s just so sad yeah. for us. Yeah, that is the big... That's one of the bigger griefs right like, now. Yeah, like us as a, as a nation, us as a species. Because I think I see so many of us Myself included, but I'm trying not to be self-centered, so I'm saying us to make it sound like I'm talking about more than myself. <laughs> it's working. Cut it off. Me. Oh, good. Cut off at the knees because of the perceived necessity of some capitalist systems. Yeah. And there's so much beauty and so much potential and so much bounty and plenty in this world which is something, I'm going to flop to something else, something I didn't understand until I became a Christian. What was that? A Christian. A Christian. Yeah. Don't tell. I feel like if I get outed, they'll like take away my cool kid cred that I've so meticulously built up from owning cats and costumes. <laughs> and anyway, but this idea of there's enough. We live in, in a world of bounty. Like individual humans are bounteous. And 
And it's these disgusting little systems that chop people up off at the knees and kill them and box them in and keep them tiny. And, and I don't know, I don't know how to fix it. I don't even know how to stop contributing to it. I just know it's there and I'm sad. Yeah. And that's, that's all I've gotten. And I know I need to get beyond it, but I'm not, I, I, well, it's a wall. It's so, it's just so much. You know, all these all these systems are so intersectional. Yeah. And they're, you know, one of the reasons I love the word dismantle when you're talking about dismantling racism or the patriarchy or anything like that is Or because, the police. She said it. Um, is that your you have it, it has to be dismantling. It can't be attacking from any one angle. And that's the problem is that every angle in the past that people have really tried to fix all these things have been like hitting it at one place or area at a time or working within it you know i look at now that i work with the nonprofit full time it's like looking at how nonprofit work so often has has perpetuated these cycles rather than actually fix them because they've been looking at the short term and helping people get through a week or a month or a day and not like actually fixing the full system that are keeping uh people in these families and generations and these cycles of poverty to begin with and um and how much racism contributes to that yeah everything else and um yeah it's really sad and it's really scary because there's no way to not be part of it because you're in it and you're in all of them you're 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 in all of them working simultaneously with each other yeah and so um it's very hard and i think you know, we always say naming it and the first step is knowing and naming and, and from there you just gotta like be hyper aware, hyper vigilant. And that's one of the reasons the pause comes in uh, being really nice because when you're not so preoccupied just getting day through day um, working on this treadmill that they put you on, you have the space to start noticing all these things and how they're working together. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just really hopeful. It, it's hard because you see both sides so prevalent, prevalently in a situation like this, where it's like you see the best sides of humanity and the worst sides of humanity in in the civil rights resurgence, in the pandemic, in everything, in the, in the election stuff. In like, the younger generation. In the younger generation. It's all happening. And, and there are days when it would be so easy to just give in to the hopelessness and just be like, we are so doomed. Everything, we're just falling apart all the way. Nothing will ever get changed. I'm watching local businesses die while while chains are being fine. You know what I mean? There's there's so much going on. You people are people are continuing to get shot at protest in front of police. Like, you know, the the Fresno Democrats just voted to keep taking money from the police here who are still getting half the budget of the city. But, you know, 10 people voted against that and would would that number have been that high a couple years ago like you know probably not you just i just have to you i have to keep my eyes on the people who are doing the good work the humans who are wearing their mask and like caring about community and and believing science yeah and um yeah and this is where you know i think that a lot of my hopelessness is coming from I, I did not realize how much I relied on my students, who aren't always a joy, 
But as a general unit are so much more, so much kinder, so much more progressive, so much more aware of what's happening in the world around them. So happy to let their classmates identify as non-binary, not be weirded out by it. Just all of these, um, all of these things are usually such a buoy of support that like I may not see it and I probably don't deserve to see it, but it will be there. Like maybe my nephew will see it. Yeah. I mean, well, if we don't you, kill all the I, men. Well, and I was going to say if the, if the world is still around, right, then uh, yes, I feel like these future generations but just then, don't care. Uh, yeah, I guess. But then you see them at fucking parties and I'm just like, what is that? What are we? What is that? But part of that, I wonder how much of that is, like, when you're young and you think you're invincible. Like, I almost equate it. The The hard part here is because it's a community thing, it's not It's not just yourself. But I, I think of how I smoked when I was 18. Mm. And, like, just everybody would – I knew that they were bad for you. I just – I'm like, I'm 18. Like, I'm fine. You know? Yeah. And, of course, the second I turned 30, I was like, you cannot do this anymore. Well, yeah. And I think there was, too, like, literally their brains are not fully developed yet. <laughs> So that's a literal issue. And then, well, what do we expect when we're not getting clear answers from right. from anywhere? From anywhere. I yeah. mean, and I'm sorry, but the CDC has just completely sold out, bought a pair of knee pads and sprayed numbing stuff at the back of their throat with this fucking administration. So it's like, who can we fucking trust anymore? There's no one to trust anymore. Right. Yeah, so they've got a lot of stacked against them, right? Yeah. So, um... Whatever. It's not my grandma will be killing. My grandma's already dead. Well, I try to just keep hope there alive. Um, I just try to keep hope alive where I can because I think hope is is all we have to hang on right now. And, uh... Helping kittens. And, and, you know, doing the work, too. It's, you know, being part of it. Not just... Not just being... Having, like, these ideals that you wish the world would be and just being part of the change yourself. Well, you know, it's a real opportunity, I think, to all those students of history who, like, when you learn about the Holocaust and you learn about the first civil rights movement in the 60s, like, you think, like, am I going to be a freedom rider? And you kind of, that was your chance to find out, are you going to be a freedom rider? Yeah. Are you going to stand next to people in the streets? Yeah. Are you going to stand on the edges of a protest knowing that white supremacists will drive their car into the, pro- into the protest and you'll be hit first? And I just hope, for me, I hope I always keep saying yes. Yeah. And sometimes I have said, do not disturb and take a nap. And I am sad at my own failings. But I no, can't be I, perfect. You, well, that's the thing is... Um, I hesitate to say this as a white person because I do feel like we just have to do so much more work. We all owe so much more work. And, and I do a lot of work and, you know, in my spare time and in my day job, but I still don't ever feel like it's enough. But from a lot of the things I've been reading, like for everyone, 
um, rest is important. You taught me the. Is it at the Nat Ministry? Is that the at? I think it's just at Nat Ministry. Nat. We have to include it. Yeah. Because she is a. She's my goddess. I the bishop, the Nat Bishop. Yeah. I forget her name. I love her. I worship her. Not like in a creepy way though. Don't <laughs> don't freak out. But yes, like taking pause is part of the work, right? So she has this like radical belief that. Well, not radical. She has this belief that resting is radical and that it's self-care and that it's necessary to anything. And not just not just resting, but also knowing there are different ways you can help at different times, right? So you don't always have to be at the protest. If you are tired one day, you could make a donation to a place. You yeah. could you know, write a letter or do, there are other things you can do than always being on the front lines and you can, you know, not wear yourself out so that you can continuously be on the front lines yeah. when, when you're able. And she speaks specifically to black people who, because of various societal forces are in positions where there is the perceived or actual need to kind of run themselves ragged. And she says like, by refusing to do that, you are making a radical revolutionary step that is um that is a form of protest yeah um she's very clear too that like it doesn't always apply to us white girls i read that too and i was like damn but she did say that it is for everyone yes like the ideas because you know that's what you were saying about being when you're in the system you do the bad behavior because you're just I know. Trained to. Yeah. Know? I just, I want, so my goal for myself in a way to combat this kind of numbing grief that I feel in this day and age, um, there's lots of little selfish things I'm doing that I really enjoy doing. But the, the thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to figure out a way to like get a wrench in my hand to un, to loosen some screws every week so that even if I am in this machine and contributing to it, I'm also loosening some screws along yeah. the way. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully I'll find a way to loosen more than I tighten. That was a unnecessarily <laughs> long and complicated. I got it. It took, me, <laughs> it took me a little bit. I was like, screws where? Like, is this the, like I'm in the machine. I got, capitalism, no, I got it. Now. And I'm like pedaling, right? Cause this is yeah. the bike. My hands are the bike pedaling, right. pedaling. Yeah. But then one pedaling. hand I am unscrewing. Right. So maybe it'll like platform. fall apart one day, even if you're still on the bike seat. Yes. I don't know why my bike is going this way. I don't know, but we had I'm more like on the swing. Time. But remember last time when I, we were pedaling and you yes. couldn't figure out that's how bikes work? Yeah. Well, because I didn't realize you were Okay, done. this is not a visual medium, it's so we not, need to But stop. she's pedaling with her hands, and I thought she was doing handlebars, and I was very confused why the handlebars were moving, but it was because of her pedals. Yeah. So imagine that. <laughs> What else? What other griefs are you dealing know. with? You know, I that's 34 minutes. Yeah. No other griefs you want to hit? I'm just... I'm really tired just talking about those griefs. Those are yeah. some, like, big griefs. I started... I jogged twice. Jogged. Jog walked twice this week. And it's... It may be the thing that saves my mental health. Unfortunately. <laughs> keep jocking. I'm going to keep on jocking. You keep know, just jock, jock, jock it out. <laughs> Haley, what do you want to share? 
I mean, I think at the forefront is 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 the civil rights stuff, is the the slowing down stuff, and is the pandemic people just like not not acknowledging it and acting like this is the first time in history that has happened and like that people are being tyrants to just ask you to wear a piece of cloth over your mouth to protect everybody else like i and how it's from all the people who are the very opposite of the people who ever seem to give a shit about personal rights um in any other sense except you know guns they're very and, yeah and like you know embryos. They, they really don't want you to tell them what to do with their face very happy for you to tell them what to do with their ovaries fascinating choices yeah well or just like not getting riled up about other things that i think are worthy of being riled up about can we talk about gender traitors (laughs) sure this isn't grief this is anger though should i save that for the anger podcast that we're gonna make yeah we should have an anger podcast I, I, we could have a rage podcast i'm serious all about it um what would we call it what would we call the rage podcast uh uh rage rage is already taken oh it's gonna be reckoning what did what the rage reckoning no what did you call when we were talking about the revolution <laughs> which that, time <laughs> Almost like vagilution or something. That's not it, because that sounds. Oh, that sounds like a solution you put in your vagine, which you don't need to do. It's a naturally. No, the vagine change. Yeah, vagine change. That's what we should call it. Like regime, vagine change. All right, that's the next podcast. We're gonna stop recording this so we can record. Uh, well, we already told Jessica that we do one called Plus for I plus know. size women. We have much to be grieved and angry about. We d- we really do. Not saying, you know, other people do, too. I'm just angry and sad all the time. A lot. Yeah. Except when, I, except when I intentionally try to hang my hat on hope. Like, I have to actively work to try to keep my thoughts there. Or otherwise, I, I'm just... See, I can't go conceptual like that. I am sad and angry except for specific corporeal chunks of specific things except for the way I feel when I was in that lake Mm -hmm. except for uh how cat except for how good it feels to hold my cat except for the you know uh my brother saying like hey Brooke when he walks in the house right Mm -hmm. like before we start fighting like (laughs) except for um how good it feels to hear my nephew say Annie Brooke Mm -hmm. on like it's those like tiny physical they're like totems little totems yeah yeah. or like like little little things that I can kind of put my pockets and put my purse and carry around with me and just like let them hold you from over just to be a hundred just just in those moments just be there because i can't something as conceptual as hope i I can't get my arms around it i can't get inside it i don't know how to do that yeah um because i'm i think a baser less smart person than you (laughs) i think that's true at all i'm like oh i'm talking about food (laughs) No, I, no, I, I 100% get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
you know what I would like to hear from what? Lindsay, our only listener? Um, uh, I would like to hear, you know, what things they they hang their hats on. Do they go conceptual? They being Lindsay and Michelle. Michelle, <laughs> uh, are they? Uh, is it is it tinier? What what are is it work? Is yeah. like like and when I say work, I mean like work is in the work. You right, know, doing the work. Is it, what is that? Because that's what I would be interested in. Because maybe I can steal their good ideas. Yeah, sure. Everybody, that's that. And um, there are so many more griefs. I was just thinking of my sister and her fertility journey. And we could talk to her about grief. I have multiple friends who have lost people, some multiple people since March. Um, People who, we we talked last time about people who have had losses and births at the same time. Yeah, that that Um, duality. I think there's a lot more we can talk about with some of our friends while we're still doing the phone thing. So uh, closing out just to say uh, uh, we don't have a specific schedule that we're back for now, but we are... We miss this. I miss this. Did you miss this? I do. Um, and we're happy to be back. And it's not it, with our fancy studio and clean cut recording or anything. And I'm probably not going to edit this. I'm probably just going to slap it up because I don't have the energy. Yeah. Um, and I need the practice. <laughs> and also, yes. But also, did I tell you that, like, kind of the only compliment I ever got on this mostly was, like, how professional it sounded. And now I feel like <laughs> they're going to be like, well, you are offering nothing to me now. <laughs> Well, when that happens, we can grieve that and talk about that for an episode. Yeah, yeah. I love that. All right. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask. And uh, hey, Haley White, I love you. I love you, too. All right, bye. Bye.